Welcome to episode 32. This is a sexy episode. Or maybe more accurately, after you listen to this episode, some things in the bedroom might get a little bit sexier. Sexual impotence, sexual and erectile dysfunction, and issues being intimate are exceptionally common problems amongst men. But we never ever talk about them. Society raised us to ignore those emotional, touchy-feely topics and that the definition of being strong has never involved addressing this type of thing in any space, let alone a safe space, should one ever exist. But sex is a genetic and evolutionary part of life, and any issues in this area need to be sorted out in a healthy space, which is exactly why today's episode needs to be had. Oh, and ladies, if you have any type of male in your life, this is a good episode for you too. This is not just for the fellas. All right, let's get into it. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? Thanks for being here for another episode. Now, just before we get into this conversation that Larry and I had a couple of weeks ago, I just want to let you guys know that I have an event coming up. Woohoo! How amazing. And the beauty is, no matter where you're listening from, you can get there because it's online and it's in conjunction with women's health expert, Holly Sinclair. And on Instagram, she is The Women's Series, at The Women's Series. Check her out. She's actually been on the podcast before, okay? So, she, her episode is actually my most listened to episode. She was on episode 20 and it's called What a Normal Menstrual Cycle Should Be with functional diagnostic nutrition expert, Holly Sinclair. Check it out. Episode 20 of the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. So, her and I are doing an event together on the 25th of July this month, so it's about three weeks away at 7.30pm Australian time, Melbourne time, Eastern Standard Time is what I'm talking about, and we are talking about a great deal of things and it's really relevant to today's episode actually in some context because we're talking about sperm health, optimizing genetic transfer of information from you to your child, nutrition to optimize fertility, menstrual cycle, endometriosis and PCOS, and reproductive health and a bunch of other things and we're talking all things about making babies in a healthy way because most people think it's a sprint, the type of sprint that involves one amazing night of passion, but it starts well before then. Most people aren't aware of that. All right, so that is happening soon and if you want to be involved in that, then please DM me on Instagram at Maddie Lansdowne or hit me up with an email, podcast at maddielansdown.com. And all you need to send me is your name, first and last name, and your email address. And we'll, I'll plug you into the system and you'll be eligible for an early bird ticket at this stage, $10 Australian. So, it's a bargain. It's an absolute bargain. Holly and I both separately charge much, much more than that for our time with one-on-one clients. So, doing this seminar online. And we purposely did it online because we both have so many international audiences and clients. We were going to do it at a venue here in Melbourne, but we thought, no, the better way to serve you guys would be to put it online at a really cheap price so that everybody could access it. So, that's what's going on. And second thing before we get into this conversation is that don't forget the competition's running. The competition that I'll be drawing on 
episode 43. This is um, for you to win a one-on-one consultation with me. 60 minutes of a nutrition consult so we can figure out where you're at, what your goals are, what you need to do, where your lifestyle's at, and you get to win one of those. Normally, I take a minimum of six weeks payment upfront before I work with absolutely anyone, but in this case, I'm putting myself out there for you guys to win some time one-on-one and we can help get you on the right path. What do you need to do to win? three simple things. Take a screenshot of this episode, share it to your Instagram story and tag me. Number two, you need to rate this podcast five stars on whichever podcast app you use. And if it's not Apple, please send me a screenshot because the aggregator website only takes data from Apple. And number three, you need to write a few sentences sharing your opinion on the show or any takeaways you've had from this episode or other episodes. That's the three things you've got to do to be in the draw. And to let me know that you've successfully entered, please send me a screenshot via DM or podcast that Maddie lands down. This is all you've got to do to enter. All right, now we've got to get into today's episode. So, here we go. Glad to have you here for another episode and you're in for an interesting experience with today's episode. I'm here with Larry Frederick. He's an award-winning international educator and also a sex coach, licensed and certified in erotic blueprints, sexological bodywork, NLP, hypnotherapy, and somatic sex education. He works specifically with men who want to clearly find and express their desire so they can feel empowered to have passion, pleasure, and juicy hot sex (laughs) with true confidence in the bedroom and in their relationships. And I guess more clinically, helping men that have issues with erectile dysfunction and performance and social skills. He's traveled the globe from the mountains of Peru to the tantric temples in the jungles of India, training with some of the top names in the field. And he is here to have a bit of a chat with us today. So I want to introduce you to the man himself. Welcome to the show, Larry. How are you going? Uh, it's kind of awesome. Hello, Australia, and whoever else is listening. But uh, here I am in California. Yeah, California, sunny California. I'm jealous. I wish I was there. It's it's freezing here in Melbourne. Oh, okay. Well, nice and sunny where I'm at. <laughs> so this is so you're a super unique guest compared to the, uh, the usual nutrition experts or naturopaths or doctors I have on. So, you know. In your space, which is definitely unique, but I personally think it is absolutely necessary given that I I think that there's a huge lack of direction and education for men in this sexual space. But I'm really curious, how do you get to be a sex coach? What was your personal journey from, you know, wherever you started to, you know, finding that this was part of your purpose and your mission and direction in life? Well, it wasn't like in elementary school when they said, I want to be an astronaut, I want to be a fireman. I raised my hand and said, I want to be a sex coach. It didn't work <laughs> like that. I think it, it was more like um, 10 years ago, I was having um, difficulties in my marriage and I was basically unable to have an erection. And um, then I went to a, a traditional therapist, a traditional psychiatrist, and he, start, he wanted to put me on medication. And I decided that was not what I wanted for myself. So I decided I was going to handle this my own way. And I became a hypnotherapist. I studied hypnotherapy. And I said I was going to use hypnotherapy in order to get out of this slump that I was in and, you know, work on my sexuality, work on myself as a man. So um, it, it started by being a hypnotherapist. And in the last 10 years, I've gone deep in other sorts of trainings like Tantra and somatic sexuality and anatomy work so it was began with hypnotherapy and it ended with becoming a sexological body work which is very based on science and anatomy 
Right. Interesting. Um, and I think a lot of the men listening, although it's, uh, you know, it's not something that we talk about in a public setting, but yeah, can definitely relate to periods of their life where they had erectile dysfunction. Um, I certainly can, you know, I'm, I'm only 30 this year and I've definitely experienced that. And my understanding is that coming into the thirties, it becomes really common, that type of problems. I think a lot of the listeners can silently feel a sigh of relief hearing us talk about it, which will hopefully benefit them. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is a big problem and there's psychological basis and um, physiological and chemical and hormonal. There's, and you might be, uh, it might be temporary. Like for me, it was in the particular situation I was in. It wasn't anything physical. And uh, putting me on meds would have made it a whole different issue for me because then the, the medication would have affected my libido and my sexuality. Oh, absolutely. And there's a definite rabbit hole in regards to medications and their impact on, on health. Absolutely. Don't get me wrong, but my father's a doctor and my son is a psychiatrist. So I have nothing against the medical. I, the medical profession is great and there are alternatives. So what's interesting about being in a family of doctors and, and medicine is I understand how scientific thinking works and the, and the, the need for evidence and the need for you know, controlled studies so people can tell you anything and there's got to be some basis on fact and science. And there's a lot that science doesn't explain or doesn't doesn't help. I can imagine that's very much the case when it comes to this sex-related stuff because it's so reliant on your emotional state. Yeah, and I found when I was going to do this podcast, I was going to bring all this scientific evidence and I asked a friend to, to it turns out I'm not going to need it, I'm not going to use it. But she said that really Almost all of the scientific research is on like erectile dysfunction after it's already happened, as opposed to like the health benefits of sexuality. Like there's not a lot of studies in, in how healthy sexuality is beneficial to overall health. It's all on like preventing things, preventative um, problems, as opposed to looking at ways that sexuality actually increases our overall well-being, which is, I think, what I would like to focus on. Oh, absolutely. And as as mammals that are designed genetically to, you know, procreate, it's yeah, it's it's in there. It's wired into all of us in some capacity. Yes, absolutely. So I'm curious, the problem that you solve uh, for people, for men, how serious is it? Like how many men have a negative or unhealthy sex life or, or unhealthy relationship that needs that, that leads to requiring your kind of services? Okay, well, I'll answer by saying right now, I have a program called Sexual Self Mastery. It's part of a bigger program I have. Um, and I'm working with 25 men at the moment. Um, and they're all trying to become multi-orgasmic or have control over their erection and their ejaculation. So some are coming from a position of having problems, and others are coming from, I already have a great sex life, and I, I want to have more. And the question is, what is a healthy sex like what is a healthy sex life how do you measure that you, you somebody could be having a lot of sex with a lot of different people and somebody else might not even have a partner but is really satisfied with um their the way that they pleasure themselves and their orgasm and they're happy so who has a healthier sex life like how do you measure it how, how do you know so, so subjective it's very subjective and i think the only way to measure it is to know once you've achieved a new level and, and go back and say, wow, now that I've achieved this level, I can compare it to what I had before. And I can I can only say healthier than what, you know, like not healthy, but healthier than what or compared to what I had before. You know, now I have more control over my orgasm or now I have um, 
the greater depth of um, what orgasm means. Like it's not only ejaculation, but feeling of overall well-being that translates to when I relate to people at work or out in the world when I go shopping, you know. I guess as well, sort of adding to the measurement problem of, of this type of issue is, you know, you have different sex with different people. So, you know, you could have had somebody that in your young 20s and your sex life was just crazy. And then 20 years later, you're, you're continually trying to get back to that. But you're 20 years older, you've got life experience, you've experienced love maybe. And, you know, your new type of amazing sex is, or, or the, the type that you want to achieve is probably a very different type of physical reality. I am at my age, I'm 54 years old. My sex life does not compare to when I was in my 20s. Though when I look back yeah. in my, when we're talking about healthier, what I had in my 20s and what I have now, what I had in my 20s, I had no idea. I had no idea of what the, the the range that was available to me, the the depth of pleasure, the amount of um, I had no clue. I was a twenty year old, and and my mentality, <laughs> my biology, it gets. I say it gets better, and I also don't even believe that that aging. I think you can be fifty, sixty, seventy years old and have a very, very healthy sex life just uh, because it's energy. You could have, you could be in a wheelchair and have a lot of sexual orgasmic energy in it you know it, it's not only your genitals so you could have a really healthy energetic sexual very rich life as you get older like there's myths there's there's a lot of misconceptions because it's not all your body yeah and do you do you think um, i mean going on the simple logic of um just getting older you've got more experience so even by that logic it should get better but what's the causation for men or and couples um of any nature that as you know there is that stigma that as you get older or you get married sex kind of disappears and it's not a thing anymore you know that's why does that exist or why do these problems come up for people well i think that um Sex, in order to keep expanding, requires exploration, and people get comfortable. People get comfortable, and they decide, okay, this is this is it. I, I got what I need. I'm all right. Everything's good, especially men. You know, oh, it's good. I have a great sex life. You know, I have a girlfriend or I have a wife, and and but you know, after ten years with the wife, the wife is like, no, this isn't that good. You know, like he's not seeing me. He's not paying attention to me. And then the sex stops. Like in my case, so so. Continuing doing something the way that you think is good enough, as opposed to saying, no, I have to, I have to continue to work on my sex, my sex life. I have to continue to experiment. I have to continue to see what's out there. So it's like not age. It's like doing the same thing for years and years and years and years and years, as opposed to like, you could be 50 and say, I'm working with clients now who are 67 years old and discovering their sexuality and having great an amazing new sex for the first time after doing it the same way for 60, 70 years. Yeah, right. That's so interesting. And do you think, because it seems like that is the overall message to succeed at life, which is continually expand, continually explore, always strive for better. So do you think there's also a stigma around um, exploration, like crossing some of those boundaries or people have this idea of sex. It's like, you know, one plus two equals three. And, you know, the, the exploration part is scares them of going beyond their boundaries. Well, yes, I think that first of all, there's a lot of shame, like as a man that, to say, oh, I got to learn more because most people think that they're doing that. It's fine. Most people think that they have a pretty good sex life until they start really examining it. 
And if you start examining it, some some pain points come up, you know, like some some real you have to admit that, you know what, maybe maybe things aren't as good as I want to pretend they are. So um, you, you have to first admit that things aren't aren't good. And that's a hard thing to admit, because in most cases, just like in our diet, I didn't know what it was. I lost 30 pounds. I didn't know what it was like to live 30 pounds less until I did it. Like yeah. my energy changed, um, the, the waking up in the morning, the way that people reacted to me, everything changed. But I didn't know that until I lost 30 pounds. So yeah. until until you make the big change, you don't know. So you think it's OK. And, and I was healthy. I was 30 pounds overweight, but I was healthy. I wasn't, um, you know, I didn't have any medical conditions, but I, I was healthier when I was 30 pounds less. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Of course. So what my next question is about mental health. So what is the impact of uh, our sex life? on mental health like and and how or, or vice versa vice versa what are those impacts and i come from a place because uh, i mean i talk about this on the podcast a lot in australia and it might be similar in the us but in australia the leading cause of death from uh 15 years old to 44 is for men is suicide so and i'm very passionate about talking about that because we're in the first world and that's a devastating reality so i'm, I'm just curious what you think or what your professional opinion is on the impact of sex life and this type of thing on mental health? Well, I think there's a direct correlation between um, healthy sexuality, whatever it is, healthy and happiness. And there's hormones in the brain, oxy, you know, all the, I, I don't know the whole, all the scientific words for all the dopamine and serotonin and things that happen during sex that, that maintain happiness, being happy improves your skin your it helps you in terms of aging there's so many physical and mental health benefits to happiness and i think that sexuality is a really important aspect of that and and the opposite is shame and toxicity you know having like shame about sexuality is actually toxic and causes mental health problems physical problems so i i think that just like nutrition and diet Sexuality should be the third part of the triad for a healthy lifestyle, except you can't really talk. You can't talk about it in public. Like, there's a lot of stigma attached to it. Like, I, if I walked into a party and said I was a 
nutrition specialist, no one would blink an eye. But if I walk into a party and, and I don't know people and say I'm a sex coach, it's like people get uncomfortable. Some people love it and other people are like, okay, um, they, they, you, can, you can see the discomfort. And it yeah. shouldn't be that way. I totally agree. And I guess some people might even perceive it as um, like that creepy pickup artistry that's out there that where, you know, people teach guys to essentially manipulate women like it could be lumped into that category, unfortunately or incorrectly. Well, but I, I see it as healing. In fact, somatic um, sexuality and sexological body work is all about healing. There is so much emotion that is in our bodies and so much that's released through sexuality. And, and it's also, I mean, part of there was a whole module on how it's ignored by the medical profession, especially things that women go through, like after birth and all of the the procedures that happen and for men as well there's a lot of trauma uh, and somatic work talks about going into the body instead of um, i don't know if you're familiar with that term somatic uh, somatic means emotions are held trauma is held in the tissues of our body and by doing hands-on work you're actually releasing emotions and uh, past memories and and uh, it's not it's not completely accepted by contemporary psychiatry at the moment even though there's a lot of scientific evidence that somatic healing is extremely powerful well i mean there's definitely evidence for the fact that uh trauma is genetically recorded um so yeah it's definitely i'm definitely aware of that being a real thing in the science and medical space um and i think yeah i think we're in a period where slowly these different natural therapies or different methods of investigation to the human body are, are slowly thanks to the internet being more and more accepted or at least explored and i think it'll be a few years yet before the gap is bridged uh between you know these types of therapies and medicine or that they work in conjunction but i think i think it's coming well yeah and then again you you talk about mental health when i went to again my son is a psychiatrist but when i went to a psychiatrist and he wanted to put me on medication i think my life would have taken a completely different course if i had decided to to just do that and including it would have put it would have hampered my sexuality and my sexual libido i would not have been on this podcast as a sex coach if i had decided to take antidepressants by as as prescribed yeah no i can yeah i could go down that rabbit hole so i mean generally speaking about this sex stuff and we've kind of already acknowledged the fact that it's very much a private matter and lots of people i guess you know they live inside their skull with this stuff so i'm curious how do you how do you engage with men about this? How do you bring them out of their, you know, locked inside their skull and locked behind these stigmatizations of, of different things? It's actually really difficult uh, to reach men and have them admit that they need this kind of coaching. And it's also even in the group of men that we work, work with, it, it, takes some, it takes a man to feel really, really safe and that they're in the hands of somebody that really knows what they're talking about before they're willing to really reveal private things that they're they, most of them aren't even in in touch with themselves so it does it does require um i think as a leader somebody that has expertise know what they're talking about is um is non-judgmental and uh you know can prove themselves that there's a lot of skepticism there's a lot of just the very fact from man to say I'm having a problem with, you know, my relationships or with sex and I need help. It's not easy for a man to take that leap, even to ask for help in general. So I, I, I mean, I think more men should. However, it is, it is 
not an easy, it's not an easy thing to just walk up to somebody and say, you know, I, you could use what I'm offering here because I could already see, <laughs> I could see that yeah. they, they need it. Yeah, I guess uh, furthermore on that, like for the listeners, what are maybe some identifiers that, um, you know, maybe people are walking, I assume people are walking around like, I know what's going on, I'm in control, this is who I am. But like what are maybe a, one or two or three things that the men listening could you know, identify in their head as, oh, maybe I need to investigate that or maybe I need to explore that or heal that? Well, I think first ask about their relationship to the women in their lives and, and is there is there resentment? Is there anger? Is there shame? Is there um, like giving up too much of themselves in order to please other people? Are they being too much of a nice guy? Um, do they feel like depleted of energy all the time because they, they don't feel true to themselves? It's one thing. Um, what's their relationship to other men? Is there jealousy issues? And, but I think a lot of it is a lot of men are not in tune with what they want. And they're, they're, there's like this whole like resentment and anger and kind of discontent about them. And uh, they don't, don't know what it is. And it's mostly because they don't know how to ask for what they want and get what they want and communicate clearly, then they're expecting to get it anyway. And then they're mad that they don't. And in their relationships, this resentment builds up over years. So um, it's how, 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 how do these men show up in terms of, are they getting what, are they direct in asking and getting what they want? And and you can see that a, a lot of men are not. Right. And I guess, you know, you're obviously from a family of doctors and your son's a psychiatrist, I assume a lot of this goes back to childhood and your relationship with your mother or the parental figures in your life? Well, yes, the, it, um, the women in your life, the men in your life, and um, those those things are actually in my pro the, the program that I offer, the very first module is looking at blocks, looking at our blocks, looking at our relationships, looking at our family. And it doesn't have to be in the way of healthy sexuality, but but it, it a lot of times it is like if there's some issues, sexual issues starts there, starts in our relationship to other women in our lives, like our mothers. Yeah, it makes total sense. Um, so in, in response, like what's what's one thing that any listener could do today in order to have a positive, make a positive step forward in, in the, this sexual space or in this, in their sex life? Just a little little hack that you might have that you could share. I would say the biggest hack, the biggest problem that I see in men is they are in their heads and not in their bodies. They don't know how to feel their bodies. And I would say the biggest hack is for every listener to like take a breath, right? Well, not if they're driving, but like take a breath and practice what do I feel in my body? How much tension is there? And is there any part of my body where I can feel pleasure? And the fact is that there is so much numbness that has been built up that a lot of the listeners will start to become aware of how numb they are and how in tune they have to get with their bodies. And it's scary because then emotions might come up as well. So my first tip is take a breath, hold it, let it out. And then so right now I, I've done a lot of work. So I can just talking about it and doing it now, I can feel tension in my back. I can feel tension in my neck, but I can also feel like a really tingling sort of fluttery um, sensation of buzzing in, in my belly because I'm happy. So I can feel yeah. that range. Yeah, right. I feel like um, 
the way that I guess society expects men to be strong and powerful and you know not uh, or keep their emotions in would definitely have been a facilitator in that numbing like as they grow up and grow up wanting to be strong and have their shit together and whatnot I can see that facilitating the numbness that you're talking about. Right. And that's a lot of this process. The sexuality I teach is to become aware of your body, become aware. It's not an easy thing. It takes practice. Like after years and years of being numb, it takes practice to become embodied. Yeah, I can totally relate to that. I went most of my 20s being extremely numb due to, a, you know, just a, a few traumatic things that happened in my, my childhood. But I yeah, spent times with psychologists and sex psychologists and relationship psychologists in order to go on that journey, which was years long. And I'm like, I am a different person in relationships now than I was. But I, I would never would have changed. I would have just gone deeper in the stigma hole, deeper in the, the numb, angry, growing into this angry bitter old man if I had not have seeked professional help and advice and guidance. Right, exactly. And and that's why there's a lot of people driving around the freeways of California like trying to hit you just because they're <laughs> mad because they, they haven't done this work. Like get 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 a sex life, dude, and then you won't you won't be cutting me off on the freeway with all of your rage. So we've talked a lot about men, and obviously I I make this comment for heterosexual couples. But outside of gay couples, what about the women? Like, how? What? What part? Because a lot of my listeners are about fifty percent are women. So how can they work in this space as well to help the men in their lives, or to engage the men in their lives, or even if they can identify some of the stuff they've heard today in their partner? Like, what? What can women do? Well, first of all, um, a a very important part of is um, communication, clear communication between men and women have to has it has to be there has to be safe way for men to express what they want and women to express what they want, and that's a whole other discussion. But a lot of times, um, neither one knows exactly what they want, and they don't know how to ask for it, and they don't know how to ask for it in a way that doesn't trigger their partner. So, like if you're a man and you hear a criticism from a woman, and the criticism is mom or teacher or or and and now so communication is number one um so so again what was the question what should why should women uh repeat the question yeah so just what role can women play in because we've been talking about men and how men are in this potentially numb place that need need they need to venture out of or explore out of um and yeah just what's their role or what can they do for the men in their relationships or their life to help them make those steps so, so yeah number one is is um establish communication you know establish like ways to communicate safely second establish boundaries like have the women and the men establish boundaries um a third would be uh, allowing the man a safe space to be vulnerable to like let those emotions come out like men are afraid that if they let their vulnerability come out we've been programmed to think that that makes us less masculine or less manly so if a woman can hold a space for the man to be vulnerable um, i have a woman right here do you agree I totally agree 100%. Can you hear her? She sounds like a Latina. Yes. Hola, ¿cómo estás? Bien, gracias. So, so, yes. So, like, to to, to be vulnerable in front of her is is terrifying. Because, you know, like, I, I still sometimes think, oh, no, no. Now she's going to think less of me. Even, even I still think it. Even though I'm in this great relationship, I still think every time I show a weakness or a vulnerability or say something that, that, she's going to think me less of a man. So for the woman, for, for a woman to hold a space, for the man to be vulnerable, 
is is um, it's a real it's a real gift. Yeah, absolutely. I I could not agree more with that statement from my own experience. So. We're wrapping up. I feel like I could talk about this for ages. This is such an interesting topic and definitely not an area that I'm educated in. So I'm so interested. But um, where can listeners find you online? I have a website. It's a little hard to spell. It's embodyawakening.com. So it's E-M-B-O-D-Y dash awakening. Um, and that's a whole other thing to spell. You have to Google how to spell that right. Awakening.com. And uh, that's my website. You can take a quiz because I am um, I do teach something called the erotic blueprint. So if you go on my website, you can take the quiz for free. I will tell you what your blueprint is, and then you'll get an email that will explain each blueprint, which is a whole other discussion point. What what's your erotic blueprint? And then uh, sign up for a session with me, and we can talk. It's a sexual mastery strategy session. So sign up for a session. I'll take an hour on the phone and talk about how you could have a rocking red hot sex life. Sounds amazing. And I'll put all of those details in the show notes. And I actually took that quiz, by the way. <laughs> did you? And how, what did you find out? What were you? I'm kinky. <laughs> oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> so you're a kinky, isn't that? Now, isn't that useful to know that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, the thing is, I would never have put myself in that category based on my own subjective you know, idea of what that means. Right. And again, um, there's more to it than that, you know. Of course, yeah. I watched the video. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's fun to know what your what your blueprint is. Plus, there's a lot you can do with it once you know it, and once you know what your what your partner's blueprint is, there's a lot. It'll change. It changed my it changed my relationship by knowing what my blueprint was. Yeah, right. So, um, for all, so have you got an Instagram account as well? Yes, I do. It's Embody Awakening. Yep. So I'll add that in the show notes. And for anybody listening, if you've learned anything, please take a screenshot of this episode and share it as your Instagram story or share it on LinkedIn or Facebook and tag both myself and Larry. And I'll put all of our details in the show notes so that we know who's listening and we can share it also. And before we wrap up the show, Larry, I'm so grateful to have spent time with you. But one more question. What is one piece of health information you wish that more people knew about? That sexuality is as important to your health as nutrition and diet. It should be it should be emphasized. Like overall, mental, physical, psychological, sexuality. There's sexuality is important. Needs to be uh, paid attention to. There shouldn't be shame around it. We should embrace our our sexual. We should be able to talk about it. We should be able to embrace it. Beautiful. All right. So again, thanks so much for being on the show. Um, actually, we should do this again in the future because I feel like there's so many paths that we can take this conversation that the listeners could definitely benefit from. So thank you so much for I'd your love time. To do a, yeah, I'd love to do a part two. Yeah, I'd love to do a part two. You know, I think there's yeah. a lot more to talk. Just scratch the surface on, on this. Yeah, well, we will definitely book it in. But I hope you, I hope you have a good day and uh, thanks for jumping on the show. Okay, great. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Oh.
Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.